This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello and welcome to Six Figure Dog Business on PetLifeRadio.com. I am your host, Ty Brown of DogTrainerSalesClub.com. And this is the show where we help you start or grow your dog-related business to a healthy six-figure per year income or more. So today I'm going to be doing some sales training. I love sales training. It's one of my favorite things to do. And what I'm gonna be sharing today applies to the dog trainer, to the pet sitter, to the dog walker, to the dog groomer, to the veterinary office, to the daycare and boarding kennel. What I'm gonna be doing is sharing the seven wonders of the sales world. In other words, the seven things that any of your clients need to believe in order to make the purchase with you versus going somewhere else. If they can believe these seven things, your chances of making the sale are very, very high. So stay with me. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All right, guys, we're back, and welcome to the show. I'm excited today. Like I said, I actually get a big kick out of sales training. I grew up, and I've told this story before on this podcast, but I grew up in sales training. You know, my dad has been in sales training my whole life, basically. He had a career in sales, and then as he, as his career progressed, he realized how much he liked the training aspect over the actual selling, and he started a sales training company when I was, uh, oh, probably 10, but he had been doing sales training previous to that. So I grew up doing stuff with my dad that, that other people do. We went fishing, you know, we would play sports at times. He was the coach of my basketball team. So we did that kind of stuff, but I also grew up talking sales training with my dad. He would practice his sales training courses with, with us over the kitchen table. I would videotape some of his sales training that he would do at big companies. And so, so anyways, I grew up on this stuff. I grew up reading sales training books and stuff like that, and I love it. And so to me, this is fun. I know not everyone else loves it, but we're all in business. We're all in sales, and so all of us need to get good at sales. So, like I say, and today's sales training is going to be pretty fun. We're going to be talking about the seven wonders of the sales world, the seven beliefs that your prospects need to have in order to purchase from you. And so, now, let me just get a little bit of foundation to this and kind of define the sales process, right? Because sales is all about a shift of belief. 
you know, somebody comes to you and says, I have this problem and they're not sure if you can fix it. And so it's your job to shift your belief of, yeah, I can absolutely fix this to them. Maybe you can't because not every dog owner is our ideal client. But when we have an ideal client sitting in front of us and we know we can solve their problem, it's our job to shift our belief, our knowledge, our conviction that we can help them to them. If they already knew it, there is no sales process. If they came to us, and, and I'm sure plenty of you have had these clients, where they come and they say, I know you can solve my problem. Here's my money. Take it. And that's great when that happens. But we're talking about the real world here where you need to do a sales process in order to sell your pet sitting and your dog walking and your dog training and your veterinary services and your grooming services and your daycare and boarding services. Not only sell them into the program that you're offering, sell them into the service or product that you're offering, but sell them into being good clients and fulfilling on their end. The sales process never ends. And so, so like I say, I love this stuff. We're going to be talking about the seven beliefs that your prospect must have in order to buy from you. All right. I'm just going to go through. And, and if I don't know that I've ever mentioned this, you know, ever said this on the show. So this might be the first time. But this is the show to take notes on because there are seven key principles here. I didn't invent them. This isn't, you know, coming from the mouth of Ty saying, hey, you got to do this. People much smarter than me came up with these. Well, not even came up with them, more like observed them, categorized them and put them down. I don't even remember where I learned this. But this is training that I've been doing for a long time and it helps increase your sales and like I say, each one of these seven things are important. Some have a greater degree of importance. Some have a lesser degree of importance, but they're all important. And your ability to understand them and implement them inside of your business is a big deal. So we're going to jump right into it, take notes, and I would encourage you to see how you can implement these in your business. But not only that, I would encourage you to look at the purchases you've made recently. I'm not talking about your grocery store purchases, although you could probably, you know, apply these. Yeah, you can apply these there. But I'm talking about the last car you purchased, the last furniture you purchased, the personal training package at the gym that you purchased, the online course that you purchased for continuing education, whatever the case might be, think of the last kind of things that you purchased and see how well these seven beliefs were, what's the word, inculcated inside of you or, you know, incepted. That's not the right word. That's a movie. But think of how well these seven principles were were inserted into your brain and, and into your thought process and into your emotions to see how well this has been done with you or where other people can improve. All right, let me get into it. Belief number one, in order for somebody to purchase from you, they need to believe that they have a problem. A lot of people might say, well, if they're coming to me, they believe that they have a problem. And the short answer is probably yes. Although if you've been in this industry for any period of time, you know that people are often delusional about the problems that they have. If you're a groomer and somebody comes in with a dog that's like heavily matted and you know you're going to have to shave this dog, how many of those people are like, oh, it's just a little bit. Yeah, you can brush that out. Like they know they have a problem on some level, but the degree of the problem, the severity of the problem, they don't have a strong belief about it. Or let's say you're a dog trainer. You know, how many people come to you and their dog has a bite history and has bitten three or four people and has gotten into dog fights and they're saying things like, well, I think he just needs some basics. He needs some brush up. He's really good. He just, right? You've heard that. If you're a veterinarian and a dog comes in with a serious medical issue, 
how many people are, you know, saying like, well, I think, you know, if we just did this or this, like, you'd probably be better, right? Like painkillers are, right? How many people arrive on your doorstep of your business understanding that they have a problem, but even then kind of trying to convince you that they don't? In fact, I was doing some sales training with my team yesterday and we brought up a specific case of somebody saying, no, my dog's really great. And eventually the, the salesperson and she was saying like, hey, is this okay to say? And, and this is why it's fresh in my mind. But she said, look, why are we on this call? Because everything we're talking about, you're saying how good your dog is. Why are we on this call? And so here is somebody that had scheduled a call to talk with a dog trainer to talk about their problem. And once we get on the phone, are insisting how good their dog is and how they don't have a problem. Isn't that funny? Now, this isn't just, you know, limited to the dog world, although maybe in the dog world it's a little bit different because there's so much emotion, dogs are our family, pets are our family, stuff like that. But it's not just limited to the dog world, this is just kind of human nature, but it's funny how often people don't realize they have a problem or don't realize the severity of their problem. And so going into a sales scenario, you can't just assume that somebody knows what their problem is and how severe it is. So there's lots of things you can do here. In fact, you know, I've, I've done two-day courses on this. But there's lots of things that you can do here. But for the purpose of a podcast, questions. Questions are the best thing that we can do to help people arrive at a conclusion that they have a problem and how severe that problem is. So when I'm talking about questions, I'm primarily referring to what we would call FIT questions. This is actually something I learned from my dad. FIT stands for Fact, Issue, Trouble. And I've done other podcasts where I reference FIT questions, so I'm not going to get too in-depth here. But FACT questions are where we learn the facts of what's going on. How old is the dog? What age is the dog? You know, how long have you owned the dog? Stuff like that. Issue is what's going on. You know, for a dog trainer, it's, uh, you know, what problems are, are occurring? For a dog walker, it's like, same thing. What problems are occurring that are leading you to look for a dog walker? For a groomer, same thing. What problems are we having? Like, is the coat matted? You know, is this just a maintenance thing to where you need help because you're too busy to do it or whatever? And so we need to undercover the issues, but the big thing is the T, T for trouble. And this is where most people in sales, not just in the dog industry, but in just about any industry, really go wrong is they don't do a good job of uncovering what the trouble is for the person. They assume that the person understands the depth of their trouble when they don't. So anyways, uh, trouble questions. I'm going to go to my industry here because I'm so familiar with this. Trouble questions are things, you know, somebody just told me, hey, my dog pulls on the leash. That's an issue. Now, if I leave it there, I'm not helping them understand an emotional pain point of why they should change that. And if I'm assuming that they understand it, I'm often going to be wrong. We, we already talked about that. And so a trouble question could be like, oh, gotcha. Does that mean you don't walk your dog as much? Okay. Does that mean that because you don't walk your dog as much, you're getting more destruction in the house or you're getting a dog that's just pent up energy? And so is that making it frustrating to live with the dog because you can't walk him effectively? And so every issue leads to the trouble that it actually means to the person. So in any case, belief number one, they have to believe that they have a problem and they have to believe that it's severe enough, you know, that it warrants a solution. And so a way to get there is by using fit questions, by uncovering the facts of what's going on, leading us to the issues that that creates, and then learning about the trouble that that means and why it's important for them that their life needs to change because it causes trouble for them. Okay, that's belief number one. Belief number two that your prospects need to have if they're going to purchase from you is that they can't do it alone, okay? They need to believe they can't do it alone. And this is frustrating. And again, you know, I want you to apply this to 
any business out there, and I'm making references to dog training, and I'm making references to grooming and dog walking and veterinary services. For those who don't know, I own a dog training company, and so that's where my mind tends to go quite often. And this is a frustration. I was on a call the other day on a sales call with somebody who's telling me about their problem. And I was unsuccessful, maybe because of, you know, maybe because my skill level just needs to get better. Maybe because of this person, I don't know. But I was unsuccessful in helping this person understand that they couldn't do it alone. In fact, at the end of the conversation, they're saying, you know what? Okay, this sounds great. I actually think you can help me. But I'm going to do it on my own for the next couple months. Why don't you call me in August? It's right now, it's July. Why don't you follow up with me in August? And uh, bear in mind, this dog, I don't even remember, it was an adult, three or four years old, something like that. And so my response was like, well, let me ask, if you could do it alone, why haven't you? You've had the dog for three years, four years, whatever it was. You've had the dog for years. Oh, I know, I know, I know. But I think I can do it. So these things that you told me, I'm going to go do it. Now, this is an outlier as far as like delusion. I shouldn't be so, I, I hope I'm not being mean there. But it's an outlier as far as delusion. Like it, it literally left me like, mouth agape because I've been doing sales a long time and I think I've probably heard that a few times but not very often and so for me to hear that from somebody was like a little bit jarring like what do you mean you're gonna do it alone why'd you even reach out to a dog trainer if you think you can do it yourself so anyways it was a little bit jarring but the point being that was an open concern that this person had like I don't think I need you I think I can do it alone if somebody's telling that to me for certain, other people are thinking it. And in fact, in the dog training world, I've joked often that um, that if it wasn't for husbands, I'd be a rich man because there's so many times I'm talking to a wife and she's telling me like, oh, you know, like, well, your program sounds great. I really want to do it. But my husband says he's just going to get the dog trained. <laughs> Why hasn't he done it yet? You know, you've got a four-year-old dog. Why haven't you trained it yet? I know, I know, but he thinks he can do it. So anyways, like I say, this is a belief that they need to have. And so how do you counteract this? Well, from a sales standpoint, this should be part of your sales pitch, your sales presentation, however you want to put it, is asking them what they've done that hasn't worked. Whether we're talking about they're hiring a dog walker because they've got, you know, destruction in their house, whether it's, you know, they need to get a, a groomer because they've been trying it on their own and it's not working, whether it's a dog trainer and they're finally reaching out to a trainer. Understanding why they failed in the past is a big deal so that you can help them understand that they can't do it alone. All right, I've got five more of these. And like I say, these are all critical, some more critical than others, depending on what you're selling, depending on the person that you're selling to. But your ability to get fluent in these is also your ability to increase your income. So we're gonna take a quick break. I want you to stay with me because when we come back, we're gonna get into the other five. Molly, here's your dinner. Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. 
Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. All right, guys, we're back. And we're talking today about the seven beliefs that your prospect needs to have if they're going to purchase from you. And so we've already gone through belief number one, that they have to believe they have a problem. Belief number two, they have to believe they can't do it alone. Let's get to belief number three. They need to believe that inaction is worse than the alternative, okay? So one thing I've talked about, I think I've even talked about it on this podcast before, is that most of the time when you're selling a service for dogs, you're not selling against your competitors. When you're a dog trainer, you're actually not usually selling against other dog trainers. When you're a pet sitter, dog walker, you're usually not selling against others. And people are like, wait a minute, they're, you know, they're shopping around. And some people are. There are people that shop around. But the reality is most people, they get it in their mind like, yeah, I need a dog trainer. They'll look for a day and then they hire somebody or they don't. You know, But for the most part, what we're competing against is inaction. We're competing against them doing nothing. And so, you know, in fact, I was looking at uh, some stats the other day, and these are just stats that I kind of compiled. In any given year, I don't remember what the exact number was, but in any given year in our markets, only about 2 to 4%, I believe, of dogs are getting actual training. I'm not talking about the PetSmart Petco stuff. I'm talking about, you know, going through like an actual training course. It's only 2 to 4% of dog owners. And so if you look at that, most dog owners are just simply not hiring anybody, you know, for dog training. And it could be a little bit different in some of the other industries I'm talking to with grooming, pet sitting, dog walking, veterinary services. But for the most part, you're competing against nothing, you know, against them just doing nothing. And so in the sales process, what I would ask you in order to counter this and what we do with our sales team is in order to counter this, we ask them for a commitment you know, during the sales process, not a commitment to work with us, but we ask them where their commitment level is. Are you committed to seeing this problem solved? Not with us necessarily, although we'll tell you about our program and see if it's something, but are you committed to finally doing something about this? And so, so in any case, this is a belief that people need to have that inaction is worse than the alternative. And so, meaning if I don't do this, if I don't do this thing, buy this dog training, buy this veterinary service, whatever, if I don't do this, that inaction is worse than that. You know, that if I do nothing, my life will be worse. Whereas if I do this, my life will be better. So let me repeat that. They need to believe that their inaction is worse than the alternative, the alternative being what you're proposing. And so, so anyways, getting a commitment in your sales process is important. All right, next one. They need to believe that there's a big payoff. Small payoffs, you know, might get you small sales. You know, if I'm slightly hungry... I might buy myself some crackers at the gas station as I'm getting a fill up or whatever. You know, if I'm slightly hungry, I'm going to get a small solution. You know, if people believe that their problem is slight and therefore they're going to believe that there's not much of a big payoff for them. And so how do we help them understand that there's a big payoff? Well, this comes from your ability to attach your solutions to their problems and your ability to describe the heaven that they can have. So storytelling, talking about what other clients have done, talking about what other solutions have looked like. So when I say the heaven, a sales process, a really good sales process boils down to helping them understand the hell that they're in and the heaven that they can have. And very few salespeople within our industry help people understand that there's a big payoff. They rely on the person 
to create all of that narrative inside of their own head. You know, they rely on the person to understand, hey, if I do this, you know, if I do this dog training, for example, I can go on hikes and I can do this and I no longer have to worry about this. And they rely on the person to create that narrative instead of helping them find that narrative. So what is the payoff? What is the payoff that your service offers? And how good are you doing at helping them see that and feel that and taste that? That's a big question because they need to believe that there's a big payoff if they're going to buy a premium service. And if I'm talking to you, I'm hoping that you either have a premium service or you're planning on creating a premium service so that, you know, we get people, no one wants to have a discount service. Owning a business that is competing on discount and lowest price is not a fun business to have. So I know I'm making an assumption here that you have a premium service or want a premium service, but regardless... If you're going to sell a service like that, they need to believe that there's a big payoff. And if they're going to believe there's going to be a big payoff, that's going to come from your ability to attach your solutions to their problems and your ability to help them see, feel, taste, experience the heaven that they can have by working with you. Okay, next thing that they need to believe, they need to believe that they have the resources to fix it. And so because your solution is going to require resources, right? Now, if you are a, a lot of these, the solution, you know, the resources do boil down a lot to money. If I take my dog to the vet and they're proposing a solution that's, you know, X amount of dollars, it's not going to take me a lot of work. The vet does the work. It's not going to take me a lot of effort. The vet does the effort. Although if there's a lengthy or difficult recovery process, that's important to understand. People need to believe that they can do that. Let's talk about pet sitting. You know, to a degree, it comes down to money again because they're gone. They're not doing any of the work. And so the resources that they have to have primarily are going to revolve around, do I have enough money to do this? Let's talk about dog training, though. Dog training, the resources they need to have, yeah, they need to have the money, but they also need to have the time. They also need to have the effort. And so you have to look at what resources it requires for someone to obtain your service and to use your service or product. And in the sales process, you have to help them believe that they have those things. So for example, you know, with dog training, I'm going to go to dog training here because dog training is probably the most inclusive, but you can apply this to your industry as well if you're not a dog trainer. But for dog training, people need to believe they have the time, money, and effort. And so when it comes to time, how well have you done helping them understand how much time it takes? Or show them like, hey, it's not going to take as much time as you think. Or conversely, maybe your solution is very time heavy and you have to use that as maybe a damaging admission in your sales process and say, look, I'm asking for people who can put in two hours a day or whatever. You know, your, everyone's solution is different, right? But maybe it's two hours a day and you can show them, but don't worry, here's how you're going to do it. I'm going to have you wake up a half hour early during the training process, or I don't even know. Like I said, I'm just kind of giving an example, but let's say yours was a time intensive. You would have to help them understand where that time comes from. You can't just rely on somebody to think, oh, it takes a lot of time. I know where I can find that. You have to help them find that. You have to help them arrive at a belief that like, oh, I can do that. And so, for example, when we're talking about time in our training, we talk about like, look, there is a bunch of time in training, but a lot of it is integration training, meaning you're going to be eating dinner and that's one of the times you're going to train your dog because we're going to put our dog in place and we're going to train him to stay there. So in other words, I'm teaching that prospect where their time is going to come from because they might believe, I don't think I have the time for this, but I'm teaching them, look, you do because you're already eating dinner and you're going to train the dog here. Or every time you leave, you go out of the door, 
you're going to take an additional 10 seconds and have your dog wait. So those are 10 second sessions, but you're just going to integrate them and everyone's got 10 seconds. So anyways, I'm helping them understand you do have the time, even though they, because they might enter the conversation believing they don't, I'm going to help them understand that they do. Money. You know, they need to believe that they have the money and that's definitely a belief, right? Because if you're, if you're like me, I have lost deals because I didn't do a good sales job to very wealthy people who have the money, who it's obvious they have the money. And, and ultimately I'm not the one looking at their bank account, but like you can see the decisions that they're making who have the $1,600 or whatever, but who they say, ah, uh, it doesn't work in our finances right now. Right. And so we didn't help them understand where the money that they have the money. Or we didn't do a good enough job helping them understand the heaven, or we didn't do a good enough job at the other beliefs. But but anyways, when it comes to helping them believe that they have the money, can we do payment plans? Do we accept credit cards so that they can do, you know, that they can pay it off? What about a comparison? You know, like, hey, if you don't do this training, what if your dog chews up something else? Is it, How much is that going to cost you in, in a replacement couch? Or how much is that going to cost you in vet bills if your dog swallows, whatever? And so we need to help them understand where the money comes from. Like I say, in training, we can help them understand like, look, your dog already, you already had a $2,000 surgery because your dog swallowed that. What happens if that happens again? You're going to have to come up with that money. The $1,700 that we're charging for training or the $3,200, whatever, you know, the X amount that we're charging. So anyways, oftentimes we have to help them believe that they have the money. And then last, effort. We need to help them believe that they can put in the effort because there's a lot of people who have the time they have the money, but they're like, this is going to be hard. And I don't know that I can do hard things. And so sometimes this is the least challenging doubt, but it can be a thing. So, so any case, helping them understand what the effort's going to look like, where that effort comes from. And like, hey, look, other people have done this. We've sold our training to, you know, people that are teenagers all the way up to grandmas that are in their 80s. And so anyone can do this, you know, if you just put your mind to it, blah, 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 whatever. But they need to believe that, they can put forth the effort if they're going to do this. All right, next one. They need to believe that they have support. Now, this could be support from you, but it also could be support from others. You know, if somebody is like, I'm going to go back to dog training here, but apply this to any of them. If somebody's like, look, I'm on board, but my husband is going to actively work against me and he's going to keep feeding the dog from the table and he's going to keep doing this, that, or the other. This is a conversation I've had many times. They need to believe that there's support and that if they don't have that support, that there's at least a solution around it. And so, and like I say, this applies to any of the things, any of the industries that we're talking about here. But if people believe that they don't have support, they're not going to do it. And so again, support can come from like people that are around them, their friends, their family, their, their community, you know, maybe they've got a dog walker, maybe you're trying to sell training and they already have a dog walker. Like, Hey, will my dog walker be able to apply this? You know? Or maybe their mother-in-law watches the dog during the day. Like, is she going to stay on board with this training, you know, for example? But they need to believe that they have support. And so, and they need to believe that it comes from you and it comes from people that are around them that interact with this dog of theirs. And so it's up to you to figure out how to help them understand whether or not they do. Again, there might even be cases where they absolutely do not. And it's not the right fit for them to buy our training because somebody is going to completely undo it. But anyways, they need to believe that and it's up to you to help them understand that. And then the final belief is they need to believe that your solution works. When all is said and done, they need to believe that it actually does what it says it does. Now, how do you do that? You do that through your conviction. If you believe in it, that's going to come across. You're going to do that through testimonials. 
other people who have gone through the program and say how good it is. They're going to do that through case studies where you actually show your work and show, hey, look, here's how we do it. Here's a dog just like yours, and here's how we do it. Guarantees. You know, there's a variety of ways that you can help them understand that your solution works. But ultimately, and this might sound like a big duh moment, but there's a lot of these things here. And ultimately, they need to believe that your solution works. And I say this because a lot of people think that this might be the only belief that people need to have. I've got a problem. You've got a solution. Does it work? Great. I'll buy it. No, that's just one belief. One belief is, does your solution work? The rest of the beliefs are also important. Now, in, again, as you look at things that you've purchased or things that you've sold, you might be able to say, well, hey, in my industry, from what I'm selling, this one's probably going to be more important than that one. So, for example, like the dog walker, their people don't need to believe as strongly that they can put in the effort because they don't have much effort. Their effort might be they need to put a new lockbox on their door so that so that there's a key available for the dog walker when they're at work. Like that might be the extent of their effort and they need to believe whether or not they can do that or whatever the case might be. But ultimately, there's seven beliefs that all need to have. Let me go ahead and recap them. They need to believe they have a problem. They need to believe they cannot do it alone or cannot solve the problem alone. They need to believe that inaction is worse than the alternative that you're proposing. They need to believe that there's a big payoff. They need to believe that they have the resources to actually use what you're proposing. They need to believe that they have support and they need to believe that your solution works. And I promise you, if you can delve into these, study these, think about how these apply to your industry, think about how these apply to what you're selling and create new scripting, create new processes, create new things that help people arrive at these beliefs, your sales will absolutely go up. Because again, I don't care if you're selling something small or something big, somewhere in there are these beliefs. Again, sometimes some are stronger than others that need to happen, but these beliefs are in there. And if you can better put these into your sales systems, you're going to find that your, that your sales go up. So awesome. I hope you're taking notes. Feel free to reach out to me with any questions. Uh, you can go to dogtrainersalesclub.com and uh, you can check out what we're doing. But I also recommend that while you're here, I don't know where you found this, but head over to petliferadio.com because that's where you're going to find all of my other podcast episodes at Six Figure Dog Business. So head over to PetLifeRadio.com. When you're done listening to mine, they've got a ton of shows on Pet Life Radio, so make sure you're listening to all those as well. And then, like I say, head over to DogTrainerSalesClub.com to check out what we're doing. And thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you come to our next episode. I hope you listen to all the other episodes. And I hope that you can grow your business. This is some good stuff, if I do say so myself. We got some good stuff. And uh, get out there and apply it. Have a great one. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.